This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi, and welcome to the show. Just before I start with the main piece of content that I'm going to be talking about this week, which is things to consider before you sign up for a membership or an online course, I wanted to tell you about something that is going to be happening next week. So it's going to be week beginning Monday, May the 8th, 2020. So as you know, I'm based in the UK and we're currently in lockdown um, because of the coronavirus outbreak. And over the last few weeks, I've been offering a coronavirus support program for pet business owners, where I've been helping them create content, which is enabling them to stay in touch with their clients while we're on lockdown. So just to give you a bit of paint, a bit of a picture, most pet businesses are closed at the moment, so they're not able to operate. So this program ends today. I'm recording this podcast on the 28th of April. Um, And what I wanted to do was provide something else um, following on from the program where people can get some extra support. So I know that lots of um, lots of the clients I've been working with have had media coverage while we've been on lockdown and that's putting them in a really good position for when we come out of lockdown because it's raised awareness of what they do, it's shown what they've been doing to support their community and it's put them in front of lots of new potential customers. So what I want to do is offer up a taster program of what it's like to work with me. Now, normally I do a free PR My Pet Biz Challenge. I've done it twice and it's had some really great coverage for pet businesses in newspapers, magazines, TV shows and on the radio. Um, what I'm doing this time is I'm going to do more of a taster programme and it's going to be focused on lockdown and it's going to be focused on how to generate stories and how to generate media coverage and the steps that you need to take to get media coverage following lockdown. So if you'd like to take part in that, then do send me a direct message. My email address is rachel at rachelspencerwrites.co. Uh, sorry, dot com even. Um, and if you go to the show notes from this podcast, there'll be a link that you can go to where you can sign up for it. So it's going to be a taste of program for my publicity for pet businesses um, course that I offer. Um, and it's going to be running from the 4th to the 8th of May. Um, it's free of charge. It will all be done in a Facebook group. We're going to have some calls on Zoom where you can talk to me. We can have like a two-way conversation. If you've already been on my um, coronavirus support program, there will be an option for you to have a special early bird offer to join my new membership, which I'm going to talk about later. Um, and if you're interested in working with me moving forward, I am going to be um, talking about a membership program during the Taster program as well. And my membership will be opening in May. So that is a little announcement that I wanted to share with you. If you'd like to take part, then just go to the show notes on this episode or send me a direct message and I can um, send you the link to sign up for the programme. So now for the main part of the show. So today's episode is going to be about things to consider if you're thinking about signing up for an online course or membership programme. So while we've been on lockdown, um, Obviously, lots of people have been learning online and learning all kinds of different skills, which is fantastic. Um, And now learning online is increasingly popular, um, particularly, like I say, we're in lockdown. Um, This podcast is going out at the end of April 2020 when we're unable to go and study. If we wanted to go and, you know, study a photography course or anything like that, um, we wouldn't be able to go and physically study in person. Um, So I wanted to talk about online courses and membership programs because obviously there's been lots of different online courses going on at the moment, lots of different membership programs that pet business owners can choose from. So what I wanted to do, having been 
through a lot of online courses and membership programs myself is talk about the questions that people should ask themselves if they're thinking of hitting that buy now button and spending money on an online course or membership program. So I do think it does require some um, careful consideration. So in this episode, I'm going to run through some of the things you should consider before you um, invest in learning online. So the first thing to consider is what do the people who complete the course go on to do? So can you see former students and what have what they've gone on to achieve? So, for example, um, I recently did a course on podcasting and it was Get Your Podcast Live in 60 Days. Um, lots of people have taken part in the course and they have then gone on to launch a podcast like I have. Um, and if you basically go and have a look at the at the testimonials and the, um, the promotional material from this course, from the course creators, you can see that this course has happened in January, started in January 2020. And then, you know, as the course has moved on, people have started to launch their own podcast. So you can actually see that the students who took part in that have gone on to achieve what the course set out for them to do. So another example might be if you're looking at a course on Instagram growth, does the person who runs it have testimonials to show the results that they've they've achieved, showing the transformation that they've had from their clients? So ideally, what you want to see is the person maybe sharing a screen grab saying, this is what happened with my client. This is where they were on Instagram before they did my program. Um, and it would show like the followers and the engagement rate. And you can get screen grabs, obviously, from Instagram to show you that data. And then this is a transformation. So here they are at the end of the program. This is what they've achieved. This is a difference. These are the metrics. This is the increase that they've had in followers. This is the increase they've had in levels of engagement. So you can look at that with confidence and think, yep, this is a person for me. So for another example, on my publicity for Pet Businesses programme, I've the first time I ran it, I only had a few testimonials. They were from people I'd worked with one-to-one. -one. Now I've got testimonials from previous students and links to their cuttings on my website. So that will include features on the BBC, in the Times, in the Telegraph, in the Mail Online. So they're all really large publications reaching a global audience. So that is that social proof that the people who go on my course go on to achieve the things that the course sets them up to achieve. So that's the first thing. The second thing to really strongly consider is, do you have access to the person running the course or the membership programme? So now, because membership programmes and online courses are so big, um, there are some... Um, there are some experts out there who have programmes where there are literally thousands of people in there. So if you sign up to one of their programmes, you will have, are, are you basically going to have contact with them? So I have done, I last year I did Amy Porterfield's Digi Digital Course Academy. It's a really, really good course. I went in with an intake of over, I think it was over 3,000 people. Um, and in there, I learned about how to build an online course. So it was really, really helpful. Um, and what happened there was we had access to Amy Porterfield and it was in a Facebook group. So um, as the course was going on, she would come in and she would do like, I think she did a live like a few times a week where people had the opportunity to ask questions. So that was in a Facebook group. So we had access to her there. However, if you're on, if you're in a smaller um group or membership program what generally happens then is you have access directly to the person so you might have access to them on a zoom call where you're on a group call with a smaller amount of people so we're not talking about thousands we're talking you know maybe maybe 30 or 50 people on a zoom call and each person on that call will have the opportunity to raise their hand and ask a question so if they're stuck on something specific they can ask the question and then if they don't have the answer that 
if they don't get the answer straight away, they can ask further questions. So let's say, for example, you were really stuck on a, you know, how to do a Facebook ad and you ask somebody, you ask a course leader about that. If they said, oh, you need to, you know, set up a, you need to set up this particular audience. And then you thought, actually, I need to know a little bit more about this. If you were having a two-way conversation with them on a Zoom call, then you'd be able to get more information from them. So I hope you understand what that means. So if you think about if you're on a Facebook Live, it's a one-way conversation, really. People can answer questions, but they generally go on to the next question. However, if you're on a Zoom call, you can have that two-way conversation so you can get the information that you feel that you really need. So think about that. Do you have access to the person running the course? Are they going to jump on a phone call with you if you need their help? Um, are they going to have, will they give you, will there be a chance to have like a drop-in session with them every month? Will there be anything like that where you can actually go to them and say, look, this is what I've got a problem with. What would you suggest? And then have a, you know, have a, have a, you know, have a decent conversation with them basically where they can give you tailored help um, for the problem that you have. Now this happens in large memberships as well. So I'm in Janet Murray's membership. I'm in Andrew and Pete's membership and they have um, they have like hour long sessions where people can drop in and ask questions and get the help that they need. So even if you're looking at a larger membership, you know, that option will be available. So think about that as well. Ultimately, what you want to think about is, is the person running the course going to be there to support you when you really need them? And do they really have a vested interest in your success? Or is it a course or program with tens of thousands of people in there? Because then you're just not going to have that level of just that level of dialogue really with somebody where you can go and have a chat with them and get what, what it is that you need. So think about that. Think about that when you're investing. Quite often with online courses as well, you won't have any contact whatsoever with the person who runs the course. There may not even be a Facebook group. So I've bought online courses, for example, on SEO. And all I all I've had is um, a situation where I log into a website, I work through the materials, I watch videos, I might have a PDF that I download, and then I work through it in my own time. If I had any questions, I would not have any access to the person who had created that course. So think about that when you're thinking about signing up. So leading off from that with the what I just talked about there about studying in your own time, um, the next question is. Will you study in your own time or will you work through the material live? So from my experience, being part of an online course where you work through the material in your own time, I find that that requires quite a lot of motivation and dedication. And it can be quite easy to fall behind or stop altogether if you don't have that accountability. So you don't have those calls. You don't have somebody asking how you're getting on. You don't have that kind of that, that, that camaraderie that you might get with a program where you're working through the material live and you might be on a call with lots of different people. So one of the things I found really helpful and what I do in my programs is to teach the lessons live. So then people will be on a Zoom call, we'll be talking about whatever it is that we're talking about. So it might be how to write a pitch to a journalist or it might be how to write a bio for your press releases. And then people can jump in, I'll be talking, people can jump in and ask questions and I can make sure everybody's clear on everything that they've learned in that session. So as I mentioned before, recently I did a podcasting course that was with Janet Murray and Colin Gray, and it was about getting your podcast up and running in 60 days. And I know that le- going through the learning materials live, that made me um, get this podcast up on air and up and running on the, te- on, you know, at the time I said I wanted to do it. So what happened was each week we had live calls and we had a chance to ask questions. So we were talking about like loads of different things from like microphones to software to all the things that you need to have in place before you do a podcast. So if I was ever stuck on anything, I could put my hand up, ask a question. I could unmute myself and actually talk to the people who were running the course and say, I'm stuck with this. Should I choose this, this, 
um, you know, this hosting or that hosting. We could all do this. Um, so that meant all the questions that I had there were answered. And it's also really helpful because you also get the answer to other people's questions as well. Quite often, other people will ask questions when you're learning something live and you'll think, actually, that's really helpful for me to know that. So those you'll get those little nuggets of information that really do set you up for success. So when I did the podcasting course, for example, part of it was to set a date for when I was going to have the podcast like on air. So it was way before lockdown had even been considered. We were doing this, you know, back in early January. And I said, I'm going to have my podcast on air on March the 26th. So because I, it was all, um, we were all talking in a Facebook group because I put that out there. I was like, well, I've got to do it. I can't back out now. I have that accountability. I knew that I had to stick to it. So even though we were in lockdown, it felt really weird launching something. I knew that I'd said, I'd said to do it. I put it out there and I had to stick to it. And that, you know, that meant that it happened for me. So think about, are you going to be studying um, in your own time or are you going to be working through the material live and what's going to work for you? The other thing to remember as well is, you know, group le- group learning and working through things live, it isn't for everybody. Some people um, some people would rather work on their own. So if that's you, that's absolutely fine as well. You go and choose, the, you know, the program or membership that works for you. And if you are, if you are more, you know, more inclined to work on your own, then that's absolutely fine too. But make sure that you choose a program or membership that's going to be that's going to be suitable for you so the next thing to consider is will I be learning as part of a group so again I know I've just touched on this on the last point but personally I find being part of a group um, you have the accountability you, you kind of cheer each other on with things you're all kind of each other's cheerleaders and that really really helps um, with me with learning that's why I do all of my programs in a group where I'm with them I'm going through everything with them I'm there for any questions and I really do um, try to give as much as I possibly can to the people in my programs um, I also think the camaraderie is really great as well you know you're all willing each other to succeed and that really means a lot and when you have those successes as well you know um you know if you have that great piece of coverage or one of you's been on the radio or you have something that you it's a real win for you the other people in the group are buzzing for you as well and that's really really important to me um so will you be learning will you be learning as part of a group and is does that appeal to you some people really thrive from bouncing ideas off one another and being cheerleaders like i say it's not for everybody but if group learning works for you you know, have a look, have a look for a program where you will be learning as part of a group. So before I did this podcast, I did kind of ask around in my audience um, to find out what kind of things people wanted to um, wanted to consider or think that they should consider when they're looking at investing. Um, One of the things that um, a lady I've worked with, Lottie, said is, are there any additional costs associated with the course or membership? So often you'll invest a lot of money in a course or membership um, and then depending on what it is that you're learning, there will be additional costs as well. So this is something for you to have a think about. Um, So the course or membership provider will be transparent about what their course or membership is going to cost. So they might have like a monthly payment plan. They might have an annual payment plan where you you pay a slightly lower rate. There'll be a range of options. Um, You might, like I say, you might get bonuses if you pay in a certain way, Um, but it's a really good idea to consider the other costs that might be involved with what you're going to learn on the course. So, for example, when I did the podcasting course, I knew that I was going to have to spend money on things like headphones and microphones. So I think I gave myself a budget of about £500 to um, to, to invest in starting my podcast. And I think around £300 of that went on the course itself, which was really helpful. Um, And then about £200 went on the equipment. So my microphones, my uh, my microphone, my headphones and a few other things that I've invested in. 
So when I did um, the Digital Course Academy, I paid for the course up front, which meant I got a few bonuses. Um, one was like how to create a, a, a workshop course in 30 days. So that was really helpful. Um, but another thing that I needed to consider, so it was an additional cost, was what I was going to invest in tech and software. So I now pay, I think I pay about £90 a month for the software that I use to host my courses and um, my email and a few other things that are linked to the course I've created from that program. So I paid, I think it was, um, I think it was around £1,600 for the program. And then I've obviously got the additional monthly cost as well. So bear this in mind, if you sign sign up for something, um, if you're doing like a social media course, for example, you might, the cost might be, um, you know, you might have additional costs like, you know, different apps that you might want to use or different software. You might be thinking about using Photoshop or Canva, um, all of these things. They all cost money. So have a think about those before um, before you sign up for the course. And if you're really, really stretched, then that obviously might impact your decision. So the next thing to think about as well is what happens if you sign up for a membership and you want to leave. So with online courses, quite often you'll get a payment plan. So you might do an online course over 12 weeks, but you might have a payment plan that goes on for 12 months. So if you've done the course in the 12 weeks, the person who's provided that course and given you all those learning materials will expect you to continue with the payment plan, regardless of whether you, you know, you drop out halfway through or you don't complete the course or you you might even buy the course and not actually do it for a year, but they would expect you to fill, fulfill the payments on that payment plan. And what would happen if you didn't is you would generally, they would get a notification saying you defaulted on a payment and you may be locked out of the learning materials. So if you decide that you signed up for a course, you pay for, um, you know, for a certain amount of it, but then decide that you don't want to pay anymore, then chances are you will be locked out of the learning materials and you may have, um, I would expect that you would have some kind of message from the course provider asking, you know, what's wrong. Um, a lot of courses as well have a cooling off period. So you might be able to cancel your membership after after like four weeks um, and then, you know, you can get a refund. But after that four weeks, you will have to continue to pay for it. So, um, so let's say, for example, you signed up for an online course, which went over 12 weeks. You had it over a 12-month payment plan. If you decided if the, the cutoff point for refunds or to drop out was four weeks, if you then decided after eight weeks that you want to drop out, you're probably not going to get a refund and you, you know, you may face, you may face some kind of action from the person who you've got into a contract with. So check all the T's and C's as well. Um, if you want to leave a membership, that's slightly different. So if you sign up for a membership, you usually have access to a range of learning materials such as PDFs, videos and worksheets. You might have recordings of the calls that you've had as part of that membership. If you had like group classes, then you will, they, the person will generally upload the classes into some kind of portal where you can access them and you'll pay your monthly fee and that monthly fee will guarantee you access to those materials. But what happens if you want to leave? So in some memberships, you're able to download resources um, as you go through that membership. And personally, if I'm in a membership or I'm in an online program, when I'm working through the materials, I'm a bit old fashioned, um, as you probably guessed. Um, I like to print things out and write things down on pen and paper. And I'm really sad, but I've got like a folder full of different um, different courses that I've been on, all the different printouts, all the worksheets that I've filled in so that then I can go and refer back to them. Um, so that's generally how I work if I'm in a membership or 
going through an online course. So you might be able to download the resources as you go um, and then you can refer back to them. Um, if you're in a membership, you might have worked through part of the resources. You may have printed out things like I have. Um, you may have filled out the worksheets. You may have watched the videos. Um, but if you then decide that you don't want to be in that membership anymore, you won't be able to log in and access them in the membership site. That, that's generally what will happen. So if you want to leave, you would generally have to... Um, your access will be stopped from the membership site. If there are any Facebook groups associated with it or other groups that you were per- part of, you wouldn't be able to be in there in those anymore. You'd be expected to leave those because you're no, no longer paying for it. Um, and you would probably have to give a notice period as well. So if you are in a membership site, have a look at the terms and conditions of that site. Make sure um, that you have given the right amount of notice to the person who runs it. For example, you might say, okay, I want to leave in 30 days. They would take the next payment. You'd have 30 days of access and then you would be taken out of the membership. Your access would be be no longer available and you wouldn't be in any Facebook groups or any other groups that might be part of it. with an online course, if you have signed up for an online course um, and you've paid for the materials, I would expect the course provider to grant you lifetime access. So I've, like I say, I've had a few online, but a few online courses, and actually I've had emails in the past where they said, at the moment my resources are unteachable, and um, you will have lifetime access to that. If my circumstances change and I need to come out of teachable um, or whatever um, provider they use. You will. Um, I will tell you about this. I will get the materials for you, and I will send them to you in a Dropbox folder or WeTransfer. So you then always have those materials. Um, so that generally happens if you've had an online course, if you've paid for it, even if the person um, who has provided that for you they change that. You know, if they if they completely change what they do, um, they no longer have um, the service providers that host that content on the course then they will give you some option to get the materials so you can keep them so that kind of leads me on to the next question so where will the learning materials be stored so have a think about this as well because some people are some people are kind of some people if they have a membership site that they need to log on to um, they're less likely to access the material in there than if it's in a facebook group i mean we all work and learn in different ways but personally um i find if I'm on Facebook and I'm trying to trying to learn something on Facebook, I get kind of distracted. So while it's really helpful to watch like a Facebook live or watch a video, if I'm if I'm thinking, okay, I want to work on my sales page training or I want to work on um, you know, my about page training and I've got a resource teaching me what I need to do there, I'm more likely to log into the membership and go and work on it in there than go and work on it in a Facebook group. But so we all learn differently. So with the um, membership or the online course, have a think about where the learning materials will be stored. Um, so like I say, they might be in a Facebook group, they might be in a membership site, they might be in both a membership site and a Facebook group. But it's a good good thing to think about um, because, you know, if you decide you're going to have some time off Facebook, then you're not going to be accessing the learning materials. If you'd rather go and learn in a membership site, so everything's all in order, um, and you can log in and find the resources you need, that can be easier for you as well. So I like to have things like laid out fairly clearly for me. So if I need to find, um, you know, like I say, sales page training or whatever it is that I want to find, I can go in, log into a membership site, go to the sales page training and go and find exactly what it is that I need rather than go to a Facebook group and be searching around and be distracted by lots of different things. 
So have a think about where the learning materials are going to be stored and whether that's going to work for you, how easy that's going to be as well. Sometimes um, people will show you like inside their membership sites as well, so you can get a feel of what it's really like. Um, so the next thing to think about is, is there going to be a replay of the classes? So generally speaking, there always is a replay. Um, so even if you are like the most diligent, conscientious person in an online course or membership program, you're not going to make every single class. You know, life is always going to get in the way. We're all busy. So um, you might want to check with the course provider if there's going to be a replay of each class and how easy is it to find. So let's say, for example, um, you're on an online course. One of the modules is like how to write a press release. There might be how to be a, how to write a press release template, how to write a te- press release worksheet, and then how to write a press release live class where the person talks about how to write a press release. So ideally, they would all be um, you'd be able to watch the replay of the class and they'd all be stored in one place. You can go and access all of that in one place and it's going to be easy for you to find. So the next question to ask is, does the course come with any one-to-one support as well? So often courses and memberships are offered at different levels. So gold might be your first level membership where you work through the material on your own. Um, You might have a silver membership where you work as part of a group with the expert and you also have access to the learning materials. Then you might have a platinum membership where you work one to one with the expert. And these are all going to be priced accordingly. So if you have, um, you know, the basic level, that might be like £200. The silver level might be like £750 and the platinum platinum level might be £1,250. So expect the price to go up depending on how much um, interaction you have with the expert. So. Another important question to ask is if you needed the expert, would they be there for you? So um, just as a bit of an example, in my last publicity group program, um, there's a lady on there called Suzanne Gould from Edinburgh Holistic Dogs. And she had um, two fantastic interviews. One was with BBC Radio Scotland. Another one was with Telegraph. Um, So obviously this is quite daunting and she wanted to be prepared. So when Suzanne came back and said that she'd she'd pitched and she got the yeses from these two amazing, um, amazing outlets, the first thing I said was, okay, we need, would you like to have a mock interview? Would you like to have a call? Because what I wanted to do was make sure that she was feeling confident and she was completely prepared for that experience. Um, what I would really have not wanted to happen would be for Suzanne to feel overwhelmed or feel worried or anxious about that. I wanted to do absolutely everything that I could to make sure that she went into that and she gave it her absolute best, which she did. So ask yourself, is the person running the course or membership going to go do that extra extra little bit for you are they going to go the extra mile for you another question to ask is is it good value for money so um a few years ago i spent two and a half grand on a digital marketing course and the reason why i did that is because i've been working in journalism for like i think you know i've been working in journalism for about 15 years at the time Um, i felt like i didn't really understand digital marketing and digital in general and i wanted to bring my skills up i wanted to feel like less of a dinosaur basically Um, so with that i learned loads of different things i learned about things like seo and pay-per-click and uh, all kinds of uh, loads of things about online content and the difference between that and writing for print media so it was really helpful i never made the money back um I did a bit of social media for a while. I didn't make anywhere near back the money that I'd invested in that program. But what I did do is I learned new skills so I could pitch for different kinds of work, which I wouldn't have felt qualified to do before. So in that respect, it was really worth it. But um, I've also spent money on other courses like, you know, Pinterest and Instagram that have sat in my inbox and they've never been touched um, because it just, you know, it just wasn't. 
I, I kind of looked at what I was learning and it wasn't really for me. I wasn't really that invested in it. Like I think Pinterest, Pinterest and Instagram are both fantastic platforms and they can be amazing for, for your brand. But I don't know, they're just not really me. Um, I really like Facebook. I really like Twitter. I like LinkedIn. And they're the platforms that I um, focus on. So is it good value for money? So for me, the digital marketing course kind of was because it it gave me loads of different things. It gave me confidence, really. And that's a really big thing. The Pinterest and Instagram courses were a lot less money. But they weren't, they, you know, they weren't value for money for me because I just didn't use them. Another thing to think about is when you think, you know, is it good value for money? What are you comparing it to as well? So let's say you were looking to do, um, let's say if you're really looking to build up your, um, build up your social media following, um, one of the programs, one of the memberships I'm in is the build your, build your online audience membership with Janet Murray. So in there, you've got everything that you need to build your online audience on social media, emailing, um, blogging, all kinds of different things, but there's loads of, loads of folks on social media. So that program, I think it's around, um, I think it's, I think it's £240 for the year. So if you were to hire a social media manager, you would pay, I would say you would be paying, if you got a social media manager to do your social media for you for £250 a month, that would be an absolute bargain. And, um, you know, you could be looking at paying over a thousand pounds for a social media manager to do social media properly for you so if you think about is it good value for money doing that course doing that program where you learn everything yourself for 240 pounds is really good value for money when you compare it to a social media manager who might charge you a thousand pounds a month so with my publicity course is it good value for money well if you come on if you do my publicity program you know the last intake paid 750 pound for a 12-week program if they were hiring a PR firm, they'd be paying £300 a month for, uh, sorry, not £300, £3,000 a month for a PR firm to, to, to do their PR. That's, you know, that's a typical rate for a publicity um, company to represent you. And there would be no guarantee of coverage. So instead, they um, did my online programme and they learned everything that they needed to, to understand to do their own PR. So then it is good value for money. So what are you comparing it to? Um, that's a question to ask when you think, is it good value for money? The next question is, which is really important, is do you have the time to do your work, do the work? So ultimately, the, you know, the course or membership provider will give you an indication of ta- how much time you're going to need to invest for it to be a success. So when I did the podcasting course, I think it was about, you know, there was an hour live class and then there was probably a couple of hours of implementation. So I would spend that time coming up with ideas and that kind of thing to make the podcast work. That was every week. Um, but when it comes to things like this, the question that you really need to ask yourself when you're thinking about time is how important is it for you to put that put that time to one side and put the work in so if it's really important for you to get a podcast online and you really want to do that you are going to find the time if it's like you know like me with the instagram and the pinterest if it isn't really that important to you you're not going to put the time in so before you think about do you have the time to do do the work what you have to ask yourself is is my heart really in this do i really want to do this thing do i really want to learn about how to set up a podcast or how to be brilliant on instagram or whatever it is that you learn so that will be my question when it comes to time. So the next thing to consider is, is the person running the course qualified to teach it? So again, really obvious question. I know uh, it might sound a little bit silly, but anyone can set up an online course nowadays and call themselves an expert. So as you know, I've been working in journalism for 20 years. Um, I studied English at uni. I did a, 
NCTJ in um, journalism. So I've quite, you know, got quali- qualifications in shorthand, in the law, in um, local and central government. Um, so we did lots of different things on that year long pro- program, but I'm a qualified journalist. So um, I've, you know, lectured at universities and that kind of thing. So I'm qualified to talk about journalism. Um, so when you're thinking about somebody running a course, you know, are they an expert in what they do? Are they well known in, in the industry? You know, do they go to industry events? Um, do they maybe speak at industry events? Do they have a proven record? And do they have contacts that it might be helpful for you to be connected with? So think about that when you're looking at somebody who's running a course, you know, if you put their name into Google, you know, do they come up as an expert? Are they known as an expert in what they do? Um, and again, somebody might be an expert in what they do and they might have a really, really busy membership program. Somebody might be an up and coming expert in what they do and you might get more time with them. But the main thing is to make sure that they are an expert in what they do and they are qualified to be doing what it is that they're teaching. So the next thing to think about is, will what I learn work for my business? So if you're thinking about an online course or a membership, maybe you've just started a new business, a good idea is to look around and see what's working for other people um, in your industry. It's also a good idea to think a little bit outside the box as well and think about ways that you can stand out rather than follow follow the herd. So just as a little bit of an example here, um, Dominic Hodgson, who is a pet business marketing coach, he has a pet business in a circle. And one of the things that he encourages his clients to do is to create printed newsletters. So the reason why he does this is because that that will set them out from the other pet business owners in their town, because not many pet business owners do printed newsletters. It's something different. Um, Lots of people spend a lot of time on Facebook um, and doing other activities online. Um, And there's a phrase that I heard this week saying, you know, when everybody else leaks, then you need to zag. So you need to maybe do the opposite of what other people are doing so you can stand out from the competition. So think about that. Think about what it is that they teach. Will it work for my business? Well, are you seeing the social proof of that person, that person's, um, you know, methods working for other people? Have a look at the testimonials, as you would do, um, and think about, you know, will what they teach work for me? And also, will what they teach, you know, work for my personality as well? Like with, with you know, with publicity, I'm talking about, you know, the people who do my publicity programs, what they do is really hard. What they, you know, if you're going on the radio, you're giving an interview, that's that's quite tough. You have to be quite confident to do that. You have to be very self-assured. It's not for everybody. So if you're not, you know, if that's not what you're ready to do or that's not what you're comfortable with doing, then you might want to look at doing something else. Um, next thing to consider is will it be easy for me to implement so can you get a a feel of what the course or membership has been like for other people so like I've just touched on there you know some courses some of the things that you learn are really hard some of the things you'll learn will be really easy to implement Um, so think about you know what the course or membership has been like for other people and if you can see the journey that they've been on the level of support that they've received and the results that they've had then this can help you make a decision so i'm going to um, use kim from leo charlie and me as an example here so kim came to me because she wanted more visibility she did my very first program um and because she although she'd only just started with her business and she was really just finding her feet with all kinds of different things from running a website to social media to seo and all those things um, you know, she she came and she was, you know, really it was all it was all a massive learning curve for her. But because she she did have a lot of support and she followed all of the steps and she literally followed them to the letter, it was e- easy for her to implement. 
And if you um, have a look at some of the posts, like in my Facebook group, you can see how, you know, you can see kind of Kim's journey, really, and how she did put the different things that we learned in the programme in place and that it was easy for her to implement. Um, So what you might want to do is have a look, look at the course provider and have a look at some of the people they've worked with. And has it been easy for them to put into practice? Um, If you're on the fence and you want to speak to someone who's been for a programme, then maybe you could ask the person who's running the programme or the membership if you can speak to a former client and then you can feel a bit more reassured in your decision as well that you've done the right thing um, and that you know you you can see yourself um you know following in their footsteps and that person who's running the program is going to set you up for success which is a really important thing i think okay so final point this is my conclusion um and thank you if you stuck with me and listened to my ramblings i do hope you found the advice helpful like i say i'm telling you a lot of this because i want you to um learn from the mistakes i've made as well and not um spend lots of money um, on things that you don't need or won't use. So to conclude, investing in a course or membership should give you a fast track to where you want to be. So that might be improving your Instagram following, it might be learning SEO or understanding how to get media coverage. So remember that you can learn all of these things. You can figure out anything that you want to figure out on Google or by searching through YouTube or through going, you know, listening to blogs or listening to podcasts. But I think that will that will get you so far. I think having everything in the right order um, from being in an online course or program and having that added support from the person who's running it will really make a difference. And that will give you, you know, all of the accountability and things that you need to set yourself up for success. If you're thinking, um, you know, if you've listened to this and you're thinking that you might want to um, get involved with my um, membership um, and take part in my publicity for pet businesses. Um, program then I do also have a taste program for the um for where you can learn how to get publicity for your pet business and that's going to be taking place from May the 4th to the 8th 2020 and if you'd like to um sign up for that then I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes where you can just pop your email address in and secure your place there so if that's you then it would be great to hear from you of course, you can send me a message. You can get in touch with me on social media. Um, I'm at Rachel Spencer UK. Um, and you can find me on my website as well as a contact form there, which is publicity. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for so Pet Businesses podcast. As always, for more free know. resources um, and ways to you promote yourself podcast, as a petpreneur, really, really visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk. Really so thanks again for tuning in and 